Strange and Confused podcast, where we love all things strange and unusual, but we are often dazed and confused. Hello, strangers. Hey, strangers. We missed you. (laughs) Always love your opening sentence. Comment? Greeting? Greeting? There we go. That's the one. I um, I was going to make a point to look up greetings in different languages, but oh. that escaped my brain pretty quickly after I thought about it. Yes. It's coming up with ideas is not the hard part. It's executing those ideas. Yeah, I have great ideas. They just yeah. don't make it all the way no. through the process. How is everybody doing this week? How are you doing this week? Just dandy. Just fine and dandy. And it is a full moon. Wait, it was a full moon last night, right? Oh, that makes so much sense. We're terrible. We're so bad. Um, and it was, I think it was last night. That I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, I looked outside and it was like bright. Yeah, because I think on like a couple of days ago, I was like, oh, it's a full moon. I should charge <gasps> it totally was a full moon. I have a picture of it even. You took a photo of the full moon and mm-hmm. then you were shocked that it was a full moon. Yeah, I totally forgot. <laughs> I was like, I, I literally did not fall asleep till 3.30 a.m. Oh, fuck. I haven't been sleeping well either. Full moon. Full moon. I have been up way past my bedtime for the past, like, yeah, weekish, four days-ish. Yeah. Ugh. You know, for she's intuit- beautiful, but she takes a toll. <laughs> For intuitive people, we are kind of dumb sometimes. For intuitive people, we're not very intuitive. intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should rethink that description of ourselves. <laughs> Oops. Okay, I have something to tell you that's funny. Well, not funny, haha, funny, eerie. Okay. <laughs> so Gavin was telling me that he was listening to, um, I forget what episode it was. It was the s- second National Parks episode, I guess. And he was crawling around like on his stomach like army man crawling through somebody's crawl space under their house which was just dirt okay basically um he was doing that for work yeah yeah he's not for fun (laughs) (laughs) and he said that he was at the part where we talked about how they found one shoe they only found that person's one shoe and he's like i shit you not as soon as you said that I looked to my left and there was this like 100 year old old shoe next to me. He's like, never saw, never found the other shoe in that basement. This old, creepy looking shoe. He's like, it had to be like 100 years old. But I looked at it right when you said that. Oh my God. Creep me right out. (laughs) Get out of here. That would be so creepy. Yeah, that'd be terrifying. The synchronicity of that is like (laughs) alarming. But like finding. old stuff in attics and like under people's houses and stuff he finds a lot of like weird shit like he sent me pictures before of like like creepy like old falling apart stuffed animals and stuff dolls or like or like old like finds shoe a lot shoes a lot and oh my god really creepy i know i just like ah because like so most okay so in like canada or like northern ontario Like you don't, you have to have insulation in your attic because Mm -hmm. it's cold. So like all those like movies and shows that you see where people like store stuff in their attic or their attic looks like a creepy old room, um, is places that don't get cold. Yeah. 
because uh, if it gets cold, it's just insulation up there. But people didn't always insulate the, up there the way they do now. So they would store things up there. Mm-hmm. And then lots of times they would just like blow insulation over top of all that shit. And people don't even know what's in their attic. So just to like piggyback off of that, Michael's been up in our attic before because there's a window up there. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I just want to see what's going on with the window. Cause the, if you look, if you're driving towards my house, there's a window like up near like the peak. What's going on? Oh, um, no, um, there's a peak, um, and then there's a window there and yeah. the window has a broken pane in it. And he's like, it's weird that it's not just like a vent and it's an actual window. Yeah. So he went up there and yet, cause he had to like tape this window shut because it was obviously an issue. Yeah. Which I'd love to replace with a stained glass window cause I think that'd be fucking sweet. Yeah. But... Um, he said while he was up there, he saw things, there's things up there, but he can't get to them. So like, because like there's insulation and because our house is like over a hundred years old, he doesn't want to like step anywhere. Yeah. So like eventually we're going to have to get that re-insulated because it's just like yeah shit insulation but pretty patchy and stuff yeah exactly so he's like whenever we go to like get this re-insulated like i'll try to get over there because he says there is stuff and i'm just like or if you're gonna replace that window you could like go in through the window yeah ladder up and then get a big pole or something like yeah that. things through the oh my god I wonder what's up there because yeah you have an old farmhouse yeah like what could be in there and like that's why I love metal detecting on farm like I got our area yes. too like, oh yeah that, you did that you did fall. that I want to do that again that was so fun we found so much cool stuff I know I really want to like funny though the most this like a good like 90% of the stuff we found was not metal yeah, it was. We were just class. digging around and found so much like old broken like china and dishes and bottles. Yeah, the coolest things I think we found were like the axe head. Yeah, and then on my own, the one time I found like the bottom of a like a cast iron stove. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's like really like curly and like ornate and decorative. Oh, cool, and like some of those like those like. Um, I don't know. They must have been like broken figurines. They were like oh yes, edges of, mm-hmm. and those bottles. Also, the side note, glass. Um, this just like triggered something that I just learned. Um, so people come to me with pr- like worries about the lead in the stained glass that I use. Or sorry, the, lead. Well, the solder is lead. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you can touch it, but you just don't want to like put it in your mouth, right? So. <laughs> So Good to like know. on my care cards and my packages, I always say like, yeah, if like you're really worried, like, yeah, like you can like wash your hands and just like, don't like, just don't, you know, lick your piece. Like it's <laughs> not that, whatever. Anyways. Um, but I had heard at one point that, um, like vintage cups and plates and saucers, they are coated with like, uh, with lead. No. Yes. So I made, I just made a video to post on my TikTok, but I haven't posted it yet of like lead safety. So like a lot of the glazes that they would use in vintage dishware had lead in them because it, it, it allowed them to be like, um, 
the glazes to be like protected underneath like, all the paintings and stuff. Right. But like then you're literally eating off of lead. Yeah. Right. So you have to also make sure that like so you can do lead tests at home, but they also have like a a like infographic of all these different plates and all these different patterns that were had lead on them. So like our family, like growing up like hundred a hundred years ago, like was were eating off of lead plates essentially. But it's like so you have to be careful with like um vintage like teacups and saucers. Um even sometimes now like if you buy really, really cheap um like plates and shit, like like it's dishes from China or whatever, they're still using lead in their products. No. So it's like scary zone, like whatever. Great, now I have a new fear. Thank you for that. Yeah, so basically if you, like you just want to make sure that you're buying things that are, one, not vintage, or you're just not using your vintage stuff for actual food, or you can just lead test them. You can just get like lead testing kits and it'll like turn purple if it has... Oh my God. Lead on it. But yeah, like I don't, I think that's something that a lot of people don't either don't know, or I think people don't really talk about it that much because like buying like vintage stuff and having vintage stuff is like, so like a, so it's like a cool thing. Right. right? So it's like, Oh, but the only reason that it popped up for me is because my mom was on Facebook marketplace and someone was selling a lot of, vintage dishware and they said okay like this is dishware from whatever time period it was um just so you know like dishware in this time period were known to be made with lead glazes so like don't eat off of them essentially oh my god so anyways okay well here's a question for you yeah. if lead is only bad for you if you eat it then why were people concerned about their homes being painted with lead paint yeah i know but that that's the thing too is like uh like they so lead paint is more common in colors like yellow okay because that's what made it have that like richness yellow color so if you look at old like farmhouses with like yellow kitchens or whatever that's most likely lead paint Mm -hmm. but they weren't as worried about lead when they were painting with lead paint no i know but like why like why is it such a concern now if you're not eating paint well, because you could have like children or whatever around. I think also side. I guess because you touch your walls. You touch your walls, like you know what I mean. And then also like if you're cleaning your walls, like just like dust comes off of it, and yeah, like I guess, yeah. it just gets con- like things get contaminated easier. I think. Hmm. Like it's just like you'd rather just have not lead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ideally, no lead. Yeah. So anyways, like there's just so many things that things can like harmful things can be in that I think we don't think about. And that was just like, I had no idea. So you're like working with lead every day. Oh yeah. Every day. That's scary. But like, you have to just be smart about it. You know, like there's people that are dumb and they have like, they're, they're eating while they're working. Right. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, let me just touch the solder. You know, uh, like, yuck. I mean, like, I'm soldering this and then I'm taking it, eating a chip. Like, it's just right. a no-go, which is, um, yeah, but then a lot of lead, or a lot of glass artists will get um, lead tests, like, every six months to make sure that their lead levels are okay. Jeez. Um, what, are the, what are the... You can get, like, home lead tests. Side effects sure. of lead poisoning and stuff. 
Um, I'm just quizzing. They're you. pretty. Cu- they're, they're pretty common things. Like you can be like overly tired, like fatigue. Um, you can be like kind of like delirious, and you just like it's like literally common ailment symptoms. But I'll read them yeah. to you. This has turned into something else. Yeah, this is now a uh, PSA on lead. Yeah. Um, so symptoms of lead poisoning could include headaches, stomach cramps, constipation, muscle and joint pain, trouble sleeping, fatigue, irritability, and loss of sex drive. You have all of those. <laughs> Except for the loss of yeah. sex drive. <laughs> yeah. Headaches, upset stomach, not sleeping. Yeah, I know. But I always have that. I've had that for fucking my entire yeah. life. Were you eating off your mother's china? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those are, like, pretty, like, commonplace. They can come from anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, that was slightly darker than what I was expecting. Parfait. Yay. This one I picked um, because it's just, like, a little wish box that you can make. Oh, okay. So it's also known as an intention box. Um, This can be a powerful tool in creating the life you want. Take an empty box and fill it halfway with sand. And then you can place the following stones inside of your wish box. So Amazonite is good for self-confidence, self-love, and creative expression. Uh, Black tourmaline is good for protection and security. Lipidolite is good for emotional balance, stress relief, and spiritual growth. And Aventurine is good luck for prosperity, well-being, and good luck. But you can use any stones that you want, depending on what kind of things you want to bring into your life. So that's just like a cute little thing. Fill it halfway with sand, put it whatever crystals you feel are right for you. What's the point of the sand? (laughs) What is the point of the sand? It didn't say. No, it didn't. Interesting. Okay. Fill it halfway with sand. (laughs) Why? Why? We don't know. Well, isn't that a mystery? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just do it because it said so. So yeah, just do it. Just believe. <laughs> just believe. Just believe. So what are we doing today? Okay. Well, I just wanted to, cause remember we did that episode on doppelgangers, um, like way early on. I was going to say, did we? Yeah, we did. We did like, cause remember I saw my doppelganger. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Did we talk a lot about doppelgangers or was it just your story that we talked about? We talked we 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 talked around the subject of doppelgangers as well. Cuz so we talked about like how um there's that thing where it was like, oh, if you see your doppelganger, you could like die. Oh, Remember? right. Yes. Okay. So we You're went somewhat into it. Yeah. So I was reading this book that was gifted to me by one of my glass friends. What's um, it called? It's called Wild Magic by Danu Forrest, and it's Celtic Folk Traditions for the Solitary Practitioner. Okay. Really cool book. Um, uh, sorry. I'm what? not going to interrupt you. Oh, okay. I'm going to let you speak. Okay, so I was reading this section about um, fairies because mm-hmm. you know that I have a fairy thing. Um, and it started talking about something called the fetch or the co-walker. Oh, okay. Say fetch. That's so fetch. Like, yeah. I know. It's like, like uh, oh, that's Gretchen Wieners. Exactly. But then when you said the other thing, that sounded scarier. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm just going to read this to you. It's kind of cool. 
the fetch, um, sometimes known as, I don't know how to say this. I think it's the tish. That's the Irish word. And I am not even going to pronounce the Scots Gaelic one because it's too many things. <laughs> um, so also the co-traveler or co-walker is an ally who has always been with you throughout your life, though you may not know it. Having a conscious and clear relationship with your fetch is deeply personal and powerful and marks a certain level of knowledge and psychic clarity. Much like the co-walkers described by Robert Kirk in his excellent tree, whatever, whatever this says, the fetch may take on any form and shift change. The fetch may take on any form and shift and change forms as at will. Often a fairy of some kind, the fetch is your lifelong spirit ally who experiences some measure of the mortal world by literally walking with you in your life. Hmm. In exchange, they may help you with deeper or long-term patterns and spiritual growth. A fetch can be a really useful ally. Their presence can be strongly felt, or they can simply give you a subtle sense that you are accompanied in some way at certain points in your life, depending on the relationship you build with them. There is no fixed tradition on how these allies will work with you as everyone is different, but working with a fetch can be powerful magic and affect real change. Working working together can also help the practitioner with lifelong challenges and even broader soul evolution. In Irish folklore, the fetch is said to have the exact appearance of the person it accompanies. When seen, often at a distance by someone who knows this person is in fact somewhere else miles away, it is said to be an omen of their death. However, there are far more first-hand accounts of a fetch being seen where this is not the outcome. And I have seen numerous fetches over the years, none of which foretold a death. Instead, a fetch may go somewhere ahead of the person it accompanies to check out the area beforehand, bring something back from there, or alert whoever spots them that the person they resemble is in need of assistance or will be visiting soon. Weird. That's weird, huh? I've never heard that version of a doppelganger before. I kind of like that. It's kind of comforting that your doppelganger or your fetch might go and check things out ahead of time to make sure they're like safe. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's like I panicked so I'm like going to talk to you and I didn't have a mic in front of me because I moved it for a sec. Um, yeah, like that's something I've never thought of before. Yeah, I think it's just so cool. Um, so I'm just going to like read a little bit more. Like it's not that much more, but uh, I just wanted to say like how you could like call this person in. Okay. Um, so it says, we've all had those times where we feel like someone is right beside or behind us. This presence is often your fetch. Although that's not the only interpretation at other times, a fetch may come to you in dreams, or you may repeatedly see an image in your daily life that invokes a deeper emotional stirring and evokes their presence. A relationship with a fetch is something people often become aware of as they grow older. The many times they have either felt their presence or dreamt of them because becomes understood as a pattern that takes form over many years. The fetch is the main spirit who can help you regain lost instincts and intuitions, not just for yourself, but for your whole bloodline. With them, you can heal long-standing patterns that persist through... What did she say? Sugar, we're going down. <laughs> because 
Okay. Um, with them, you can heal long-standing patterns that persist through your generations, as the fetch may have helped your ancestors before you. By forming a close relationship with the spirit, you may find your wild inner self returning to help you walk through life with a sense of balance and interconnection previously thought impossible. Calling in your fetch takes time, and the effort is made best with your heart as the main leader and teacher. Make offerings to the fetch, perhaps set aside a special place in your home where you leave offerings and also place things that help invoke that deeper feeling which comes with its presence. As you find times in your day when you are alone, speak to it as if you would a lifelong friend, and look out for the subtle touch of its presence. <coughs> Keep a dream journal and record... Keep a dream journal and record your dreams with a sense that it, is that it is perhaps taken many forms over time, but with the same feeling in every instance. Court it as a lover or your own soul. After all, it carries with it your deepest desires, plans, and knowledge from one life to another. Treat it with patience and courtesy, asking that it becomes known to you, and treat it with honor and care. In times, it will show itself to you more and more, and you may be able to access its wisdom with greater ease and clarity. There is no map for this practice, as it is the deepest magical relationship, and you must bring your most authentic self to the task without preconceived ideas or projections. I bet you somewhere there is, like, the darker side of that. Oh, for sure. Just, like, you could read something really positive and lighthearted like that about working with the fae. Without oh knowing yeah, the darker side of it. Yeah, I wonder. There's. Let's see what the internet says about the fetch. Yeah, I was gonna look, but also, I'm gonna look in my book here, the mysteries of the unexplained, and see if it has any talk about doppelgangers. Okay. We're super prepared for these episodes. <laughs> I have mysteries of the unexplained. And then I have another book called Greatest Mysteries of the Unexplained. Oh. <laughs> it's like someone saw the other one. They're like, oh, no, I could do better. <laughs> Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting because it seems like depending on who you talk to, like some people think it's like a really good sign or some people think it's a really bad sign. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like everything. Well, if it's a doppelganger, like, I mean, the cultures I grew up with, like doppelganger, yeah, doppelganger is a German word, is it not? Yeah, I think it is, yeah. So they probably, or other people, grow like are brought up believing that that's an omen, whereas, like, if you're in Ireland or, like, Celtic, you might grow up thinking it's this, like, something yeah. better. It's just whatever you grew up believing. Because it seems like if you go farther down, like, the Irish folklore the fetch appears to a third person just as someone dies or is about to. But that's, like, a completely separate person. So it's, like, if you, like, for instance, if, like, I'm sitting here and I know that, like, someone I know is, like, three hours away from me and then they just, like, appear at my doorstep. You know what I mean? Like, it's something that you know for, like, a fact that you're, the person that is appearing to you, like, isn't there. Like, you know or what like I mean? like, seeing somebody in your town, like walking down the street and being like, Hey, so-and-so, so-and-so, they don't stop. And then you call them and then they're like, no, I'm over here. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like knowing for a fact, it's not that person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's kind of weird. I think it's kind of weird. 
Some stories claim the fetch disappears down hallways or alleys if a mortal tries to follow it. Like, that's creepy, sketchy shit. Yeah. It's not a ghost. Why be seen at all? It's not a ghost. It's It's just a copy of the original person. No one knows why it takes that form, and it's rarely malevolent in nature. See, these people think that it's... But this is that's rarely malevolent. Some even believe it refer, refers to a figure who fetches souls. Mm. Okay, so it's li- you said it's literally like a copy of the person? Yeah. Have you ever heard the story of Emily Saggy? I no. think that's how you pronounce her name. No. Okay, so let's talk about her. Okay. She is one of the most famous accounts of a doppelganger ever. Sorry, I'm going to read you this. Okay. This is from the true, a true crime section uh, on the website Mamma Mia, <clears throat> written by Jessica Kingston. Emily Saggy had a reputation as a school teacher. She was dedicated, adored by her students, and incredibly indigilant. But over the course of her teaching career, a bizarre pattern emerged. In just 16 years on the job, Emily had over 19 different teaching positions in countless schools across France. People were becoming suspicious. How could such a sincere and hardworking teacher be turned away from so many schools? But when the 32-year-old began her 19th teaching role at an elite boarding school in a school like in a, somewhere I cannot pronounce and I will not try, <laughs> in France, okay, I'm assuming, in 1846, it soon became clear there was a very good reason why Emily couldn't retain her teaching roles. While teaching at, okay, it's, Pensionat von Nuwelklo. Okay, whatever. A number of teachers and students began complaining about seeing Emily's twin in the classroom. The twin was often seen imitating Emily's actions and even sitting silently beside her. (gasps) On another occasion, the twin was seen helping Emily fix a student's dress. But perhaps most bizarrely, Emily had no idea about her doppelganger's existence. In fact, she never came across her so-called twin. The story of Emily Saggy was first told by Robert Dale Owen in his 1860 book, Footfalls on the Boundary of Another World. In the book, Dale Owen writes that he had heard about Emily's story from Julie Vaughn. Oh, good God. <laughs> Guldenstube, daughter of Baron von Guldenstube, who attended the same school. Okay. According to Dale Owen, Emily was completely oblivious to her doppelganger. However, witnesses claimed that she often appeared strangely groggy and lethargic when her twin was appearing, and if she may, oh, sorry, as if she may have some sort of control over it. Or, I mean, that seems more likely like it's sucking some type of yeah, energy from her. Definitely like a succubus thing. On the many occasions that Emily's twin was spotted in this school, she appeared in the classroom leading many to believe that the doppelganger was simply a hallucination. But after, it's from the lead paint. From all <laughs> True. But after some time, the doppelganger seemed to stray further from Emily. On one occasion, Emily was teaching a class of 42 girls when she stepped outside to pick some flowers from the garden. While she was away from the classroom, the students were left intently working on their sewing. From the window, they could see Emily in the garden, but just moments after she left the room, Emily's twin appeared in the teacher's chair. Students thought nothing of it until one gasped and pointed to the window where Emily was still working digitally in the garden. Two of the students stood and approached the doppelganger and, being quite brave, reached out to touch it. They said it looked just like Emily Saggy in all aspects, except when they ran their hands through the entity, they said it felt empty, 
like the stuff cobwebs are made of. Ooh. That is creepy, right? Yeah. That is how you would expect a ghost to feel. Yeah. When Emily was asked about the incident, she was confused. While she didn't see the doppelganger, she recalled having an urge to go inside the classroom to supervise the children while she was picking flowers. Eventually, Emily was reportedly let go for her role um, at the school as parents were threatening to take their daughters out of the school. Oh, my God. According to reports, nothing was heard about Emily Saggy and her bizarre twin ever again. So is there actually any truth to Dale Owens, Robert Dale Owens' story? While many people believe the story is biz- uh, has bizarre paranormal links, it's important to note that Dale Owens' book is the only known account of this doppelganger. But... Interesting. I've heard of her story like a lot because I, I mean, I'm all over that paranormal stuff because yeah. of the YouTube channel. But, um, it would. It seems like that's probably why she lost other jobs or just oh, like yeah. weird stuff going on. And they were just like, "This is too weird. Get out." But strange, right? That's really weird. It doesn't say if it ever talked. I wonder if it ever talked. That's bizarre. Yeah. Super weird. We, yeah, like we, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird that she couldn't see it. Everybody else could see it, but she couldn't. It's almost like you're, you're not able to. Right. I guess also if they're like, if your doppelganger like draws energy from you, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe it makes it so you can't see it. Yeah. Um, this is kind of cool. The fetch bears some similarities to a Norse concept of something I can't pronounce. It's F-Y-L-G-J-A. Unlike the fetch, the, this thing, didn't represent specific people, but still acted as a portent of death. Well, sometimes. The word translates to a company. So for some people, it takes an animal form based on the first animal to appear after birth. Hmm. It accompanied a person throughout their life, a bit like the demons in Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials trilogy. Others believed it to be whatever animal ate the afterbirth. Oh, what? So lots of them took the form of carrion animals, even. Oh, seeing your own apparently heralded your death unless it appeared as a woman, in which case (laughs) you could expect good luck. What? They were female of this thing were considered a good luck sign for a family. Hmm. There have been various examples of famous people having apparently seen a premonition of their own death. Abraham Lincoln reported a dream that appeared to foretell his assassination. Mm -hmm. Um, Elizabeth the first allegedly saw a corpse on her bed. Somehow she summoned the strength to get closer and recognized the corpse. It was her. And then she died soon later. Wow. Um, but this isn't the same as a fetch. The fetch appears at the point of your death to someone else. Mm-hmm. It's not a premonition because at that point there's nothing you can do about it. If the fetch is a death omen, why don't we see one every time a person dies? Mm-hmm. It is most frequently thought to be seen when the faded object is about to die a sudden death by unforeseen means. And then it is said to be particularly disturbed and agitated in its motions. They're also not an omen of your death unless you happen to see your own. 
but they do herald the death of someone you care about elsewhere and they don't even need a banshee to announce it. Yeah, like why though? I know. For what what reason? So like if I saw your fetch tomorrow, somebody I know might die, but not necessarily you. I don't know. Someone commented on this thing and said, my father-in-law told me that during World War II, he was awoken by a noise. He saw in front of him his uncle who was away fighting the war. He told him to go back to sleep. Everything is okay. He asked, why are you here? And again, he said, it's okay. Just go to sleep. The next day, the news arrived that he had been killed by, he had been killed the day before in battle. He told his parents about what happened the previous night and they said it was probably just a nightmare. That sounds more like his spirit. Yeah. Saying like, like I'm gone, but don't worry, it'll be okay. I'm fine. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a doppelganger to me. I would assume that that would be his spirit. Yeah, that's true. I think there's some confusion like because there's so many things that are similar in different cultures maybe and if it's close to your death well no apparently it's not unless you see it yourself like, yeah it sense. and if it's a woman it's good luck that's both so what if you are a woman it's always good luck obviously not in the case of queen elizabeth yeah i don't know definitely weird i think i th- i don't know i think some of it just gets lumped together because i think uh, things could be explained as like spiritual encounters by actual spirits, but because there's just so much general, whoa, (laughs) spooky. (laughs) I just got to chill. Some like general, like, like the knowledge is just, you can't know anything for sure. Everything just kind of gets stuck together under one umbrella. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, this is what we know. And I had similar experience and this is what happened. Like it's hard, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, I just thought that was cool. I'm going to personal personally believe that it's going to check out places before I go to them (laughs) because that's what I like that's when I thought when I read that I thought about seeing myself and my cousin in the car next to us like yeah explained right and we were just going to the movies so maybe the car went there beforehand you know maybe they went beforehand to see everything was okay so weird you know okay Okay, let's wrap this baby up this episode was a little bit all over the place creepy things yeah. And then this weird doppelganger thing. Celtic version. What else did we talk about again? That's like it. Maybe. Oh, we talked about lead paint. Oh, like f- lead and. <laughs> this was a weird episode. Yeah. So, you know, apologies. <laughs> if you stuck it through, you're awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate you. Thanks for sticking Making by the, the end. rambles. <laughs> If you're not already following us on Instagram or TikTok, go follow us on both of those social media platforms. We are strange and confused pod, all one word. And go over and check out Sarah's stained glass and all her other cool stuff. She also sells merch and stickers and patterns. And pins. Yeah. And uh, go check all of that out at Which Way Glasgow on all the social media things. And if you want to get creeped out, go over to YouTube and check out my paranormal YouTube channel at the light side of the paranormal. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then please give us a really cool five-star rating anywhere you listen. Um, I was on the Apple podcast yesterday and we have three five-star reviews on there. So 
We have three? Yeah. I just checked last week and we only had one. So yeah. And we have like an actual written review, which is cute too. Oh, I'm going to have to go look at it. Yeah. So Whoever thank you so thank much. You. <laughs> we appreciate you. And um, we're glad that you are liking it. So yeah, rate us five stars and tell us when you have so that we can thank you properly. Yeah. And that's it for us this week. We will chat with you next week. And... Yeah, week, 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 week. Week, 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 week. Can I say say week? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we need to look for some fun things you can say at the end of the podcast. Yeah. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Until then, (laughs) bye. Bye. (laughs)